1: Our guest today is Stephen King, CPA, and is the president and CEO of GrowthForce, a market leader in the client accounting services industry, providing cloud based bookkeeping, accounting, and controller services for service businesses and nonprofits. Before opening GrowthForce, Stephen was president of Insperity Financial Management Services Division. The division was created from the acquisition of a business called Virtual Growth Incorporated which Stephen founded in 1995 in New York City. Good morning, Stephen. Welcome to Business Owners Radio. Thanks, Greg. Hey, it's great to have you on board, Stephen. And wow, we've got wild times happening right now with COVID-19. And, you know, you get to see this in real time with a lot of your clients from a financial standpoint. What's top of mind out there right now?
2: Well, first thing is there's some hard decisions that people are facing and really depends on if you got the PPP funding or if you didn't and if you didn't get the PPP funding then it's you know how do you hang on until you get what you get and if you've got it in hand now it's a function of making sure that you one you're in compliance so that you get as much as a grant and not a loan and you manage your cash flow really carefully but the longer term thing is the bracing for the worst and starting to have to figure out how do you make those hard decisions.
1: Yeah, depending on what politician we listen to, you know, it might be over tomorrow. But the reality is, I think we're in this for quite some time. And so what are your thoughts on what we should be doing as business owners? The first things we should do and looking a little longer term.
2: Well, I think you've got to figure out how bad is it for your industry and your region of the country what stage are you in? Are you in survival mode where, you know, your industry is struck? We're in Houston, Texas, in Kingwood, Texas, and so oil field services are really in trouble. But the first thing you got to do is focus on cash flow and what can be cut. Most of the people we're talking to, it's like 65 70%, I'm happy to say, are feeling like we're in restructure mode and strengthen mode. Those are the two where the majority of the businesses are that we're talking to. Restructure meaning that we're going to make it, but we got to make some really hard decisions. And so we're walking through clients and helping them always cash flow, and, but figuring out who are the people that are irreplaceable, that are your money makers, and how do you hold on to them? And then who are the people that don't fit the culture or aren't your high performers that you probably should have been dealing with already? And as soon as the PPP is up to make those hard decisions, because I think we're in for a long time here. It's, you know, recession is the ugly word, but we're already in it. That's part of a healthy economy. I've been through six of them. I've been a CPA for 35 years. And so you want to think about how do you come out of this? And that's where strength is, sharpening the saw. How do you work smarter and get more done with fewer people? That's kind of the big decision first people have to make is where are they? What's their mindset?
1: It's amazing how this is a real testing time for our leadership within the businesses and We're coming up across some major challenges we should have addressed, but we didn't. And so looking at some of these may be almost an opportunity to reshape our company to be better than we've ever been. Is that part of it?
2: That's exactly right. We have this webinar, growthforce.com, and it's five steps to weather the storm. And step five to me is the most important, which is how do you sharpen the saw? How do you invest in your people that you want to keep? How do you invest in automating processes that are currently being done manually and get the people that are the keepers to be doing higher value stuff? So automating, you know, billing and collections and bill payment so that you spend less money on things that don't make you any money, accounting and IT and HR. How do you look at your overhead costs and just streamline the heck out of them and become a more effective organization?
1: So, Stephen... Where exactly should we be sharpening this saw? What's dull out there?
2: (laughs) Well, you know, the AICPA, I've been on the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants Technology Roundtable, and all predictions were that we are gonna see rapid growth right now in automating the back office. So sharpening the saw right now is about studying how you do anything. Look at every step of every process. When you finish a job or a project, how many steps does it take for you to get an invoice out the door? And how fast are you getting that invoice into the client's hands? Because it's all about cash flow right now. And so what we're suggesting for people, you know, their bookkeepers and their accountants typically have extra time if you're not billing as many customers, you're not paying as many bills. Start to look at things like, you know, we specialize in QuickBooks, Zero and NetSuite. And QuickBooks has this thing called Intuit Payment Solutions that will automate everything. You can send an email to a client that has a pay now button on it. They open up, click on the pay now button, and the customer just enters their credit card. And it goes in through Intuit Merchant Services and then automatically applies the receipt of the payment against the outstanding receivable. It eliminates the cost of paying a person to do billing and collections and cash application. And it's synced in with QuickBooks, so receivable balance. So if the customer doesn't pay, it can automatically send another email out in a week that says, hey, pay now. And what we found is it'll reduce the number one metric for success in cash flow is days, sales outstanding, your DSO. It'll reduce the number of days that you take to get paid from, we found, over 30 to 14. You know, that's a big, easy way to sharpen the saw right now because, Craig, the thing that we're making sure all of our clients have got is cash flow, cash flow, and cash flow.
0: Yeah, and Stephen, you know, cash is absolutely king and in downtimes and times of uncertainty more than ever. And one of the things that we're struggling with right now, folks, I'm talking to in all different industries, is really thinking about the future and almost not even knowing where to start in terms of. Well, normally they would, they would do a sensitivity around, you know, well, what if we're down 5% or 10%? What does that look like? Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of hard for some businesses to even think about where to start. So mm-hmm. what's changed and how should people be thinking about forecasting now? Well, I think you need management accounting and
2: manager reports now more than ever because you have to make data-driven decisions. That's what the well-run companies do. And so what does management accounting mean? It means two things. It means unit economics, meaning you have to understand the profitability on the work that you do. You know, that's why on Shark Tank, the sharks always ask, how much does it cost you, right? Fully landed, because they want to understand the gross profit margin and the contribution margin, the amount that each customer contributes to pay for overhead and contributes to generate profit. And in service businesses, it's labor, right? It's 100% about labor. That's by far the biggest expense. So to the extent that you can allocate your labor costs to the work that they do, now you can see the profitability on the work that they do. And so one of the first things is Intuit Payroll and Insperity have automated activity-based costing for businesses. So when you run the payroll, you can allocate that labor cost based on how people spend their time with or without timesheets. If you have timesheets, and we recommend T sheets as an iPhone-based, simple tool to, for people to track their time, you can track that unit economics down to the customer or the job. And you can see the profitability of each service that they provide and each department or team. If you don't have timesheets, you can see it at the higher level, the company and the department and the class. But that's the first thing, is helping get your management reporting in place by just allocating the labor cost above and below the line so you can see your true gross profits. And then the second thing is breaking your cost into fixed costs and variable costs because that's what you need to calculate your break even point. Cash flow forecasting tool is the first thing you need to have, that's the most important. And the second is break even because that tells you how much do you need to cut in order to get back into the green, into the profits, into the black. So we've got this cash flow break-even analysis that basically shows you how much you need to bring in in cash flow in order to break even. I just did one yesterday for an IT company in, in New York City. It's a $10 million business. When you take out the commissions, the variable costs for, of their overhead, like you've got a gross profit margin of 40%, but then you've got to pay commissions of 7%. You got, 3% available to contribute to paying overhead and generating a profit on a $10 million business, they got 3.5 as fixed costs, 35%. So they got to bring in almost 11 million in order to break even by turning your fixed costs into variable costs. Then what that does is it allows you to lower the back office costs so that you don't need as much revenue to break even.
0: So take us a little deeper on this concept. How do businesses actively go about transferring those fixed costs into variable costs?
2: So it's a two-step process. First is what is a core competency, right? What are the things that you are really good at? Your company is known for it. Outsource everything else. And what outsourcing does is it typically saves you money. 30 to 40% is what we see. Because you're paying just-in-time spending, right? You're turning your fixed salaries into a variable cost where you get just enough of, a, in our case, a bookkeeper, just enough of an accountant, just enough of a controller. But it can be IT. It can be HR. It can be legal. Whatever it is, when you use somebody on an outsource provider, as your needs go down, your costs go down. And we've got a great guide to outsourcing that helps you walk through a process. Whatever it is in your business, what's your core competency? How do you leverage the unique contribution that you bring to the industry by focusing all your energy just on your core competency? And then anything else that you're not great at, find somebody who is great at it. And that'll save you costs, especially as your needs go down.
0: Okay. So let's say I go in, I do the analysis and I'm thinking about reinventing the business a little bit, trying to really understand profitability, these different lines of work and where we can outsource things that are just back office costs. Right. And I get that done. What, what are my next steps from there?
1: I
2: mean, Even before you decide that, right. I think the first step before you are trying to make any decisions about outsourcing, you first got to calculate what is your current state of fixed costs versus variable costs and fixed costs are costs, that don't change based on bringing on new clients. They are your rent, your utilities. It's going to be the cost of any salaries for management. It's going to be IT, HR, accounting, legal. And it's the salaries for sales and marketing. Your variable costs are costs that change because you got a new client. It's your above-the-line cost, the cost that the customer directly paid for and that's your cost of goods sold. There's two parts of that, and only two parts. Direct labor, the labor that was directly what you earned your income on, what the customer paid for, and direct materials. The stuff you had to buy to earn the income. So those two things are above the line, and that's your cost of goods sold, and you need that to calculate your gross profit, right? Gross profit is your total revenue minus your cost of goods sold, above the line costs. Everything else is below the line costs. It's indirect. It's not what the customer directly paid for. It's overhead. And so you look at all of your overhead costs, you find out how many of those are variable. Sales commissions are the most popular one. And you separate out the variable costs. And we give away this break-even analysis calculator to make it easy for people to use. And you add up all your variable costs. Like we just had a client that did an integration between QuickBooks and Home Depot, their ERP system. So that's a big investment that they made. And that's not what the customer directly paid for it's overhead, it's below the line, but it's a cost of having that customer. So we track that as a variable overhead cost. Now you take all your above the line variable costs and your below the line variable cost to get a total variable cost. And you subtract that from your revenue and it shows you your contribution margin. How much does that customer contribute to paying for your overhead and generating a profit? That's critical because you divide your fixed costs all the stuff that doesn't change, divided by that contribution margin. And that tells you how much break-even you need. For example, if you got $2 million of fixed costs and you have a 50% contribution margin, you need to bring in $4 million of revenue. If you can't bring in $4 million of revenue, let's say you're only going to bring in $3 million of revenue, at a 50% margin, you can only afford $1.5 million in fixed costs. So now you know, I have to cut a half a million dollars in my fixed costs.
0: So, Stephen, this is really the trick, right, in terms of gross profits and why they're so important.
2: To me, gross profit is the most important number of any report you'll ever get. Again, it's why the Shark Tank Sharks focus on it. That tells you how well your business model is, how well run your company is. Once you see the gross profit on the customer or the gross profit on a job, what you can do in any accounting system, and QuickBooks is really great at this, You can slice and dice the profitability based on the decisions you have to make. For example, any client that comes on to us, either as a project or as a recurring controller service, we ask, what are the decisions you're trying to make? And Chief Outsiders is one of our clients. I love those guys. They're an outsourced CMO, right? People outsource their marketing to them. And they wanted to know how much profit did they make on each of their marketing campaigns? So Art Saxe, who's the CEO, he emailed us a couple of years ago in January, he said, hey, I got this bill from Vistage, we're platinum sponsor of Vistage, and it's a six-figure invoice to renew my sponsorship, and we're a partnership. So for tax purposes, we distributed all the cash. I don't have six figures in the bank. I'm going to pass on Vistage. But can you tell me how much revenue we got from that sponsorship? And because that was the decision he was trying to make, we created a custom field in QuickBooks called Lead Source and we added it to the customer record. And then what you can do is you can now run the job profitability report, the customer profitability report, and filter it by the custom field lead source. So we were able to show him Art had four times higher profit than anything else he was doing. His next best marketing campaign. He's like, oh my God, I almost didn't do that. My gut told me Now's not a good time. So the reason why that's so important, Shai, is because it's not just to see the profitability of each customer, but it turns your general ledger into a management report. You can slice and dice those profits based on whatever decisions you're trying to make.
0: So Steven, it's incredible that you were able to create this custom field to understand something that is so crucial, right? I mean, we all struggle with marketing and trying to allocate that spend. I think one of the things we like, if there's anything to really like about social media marketing, is that we can see where our leads are coming from. But this can be you know, more difficult because these kinds of things are not automated in the way that you set that up for that client in our system to see different kinds of channels. And and what the true profitability is of those channels. What is the deal? Like, how come so many of these tools need to be customized? And and where do people go to get those kinds of things done?
2: Yeah, you know, I've been a CPA for 35 years. I've been the board of directors of the Texas Society and the Houston Society of CPAs for over a decade. And our industry is designed for compliance. There's not enough knowledge workers in the accounting industry to do all the work that needs to get done. And in particular, when the tax law changes, it's full employment for CPAs. And we've been trained our whole life to issue reports, to do audits and tax returns for outside people, for the banks, for the IRS, for the board of directors. And what there isn't a lot of emphasis on is management accounting. You see it in mid-market and ERP level companies, but the QuickBooks market, there's not a lot of companies. And that's what GrowthForce does. We specialize in delivering actionable financial intelligence. It's an a la carte menu of bookkeeping, accounting, and controller services that you can pick and choose what you don't want to keep in-house. You don't have to fire anybody if you love your person, but we'll automate as much as possible and then turn that financial statement into a manager report. And there's not a lot of firms that we're finding that do that in the small business market, Should I?
0: Yeah, it's so frustrating, you know. So while a lot of the default reporting can tell us what already happened, We just don't have a lot of these tools for small business owners to understand how to forecast what might happen and how to actually use the most important data that runs our whole company to make better decisions.
2: Yeah, and it's the difference between success and failure. To my mind, it's the reason why you see so many businesses that fail. It's because they don't make a data-driven decision around pricing. And, you know, they're giving 10% discounts without realizing that all comes out of their profits and that profits what generates cash flow. And so especially now in this crisis and this, you know, people get insecure about keeping their staff busy. If you don't have the data to understand how much can you afford to discount, you're going to cause your business to go under. And that's the number one reason is cash flow problems is because pricing wasn't done right.
1: The thing that comes to mind, I'd like to back into a little bit further is the element of outsource everything else. And I like that a lot. And from a scaling standpoint, we have business owners on the show that from all sizes. And one of the things they run into is they largely start out with maybe an Excel sheet, they might go to a QuickBooks after that, then they need to bookkeeper then maybe a finance person and they might be this or at what point do I bring in a CFO and what point do I outsource? Can you sort of give me a snapshot of what you're seeing to be a logical flow as a business scales up and the actual tools that they use?
2: You know, I called the company Growth Force to be able to offer a platform for growth and The life cycle of a business, I think, is really important to understand so that you're meeting the needs where they are. In startup, what I advise clients is that you should spend as little as you can on anything that doesn't generate revenue. All you're trying to do is to prove the concept. Again, Art Saxby at Chief Outsiders is a great example. I met him when he lost his job and decided he wasn't going to let that happen again, and he started Chief Outsiders, and he got his first client. And he knew that he needed to send them an invoice and he didn't want to do it in Microsoft Word. So he heard about our manager reporting in QuickBooks and said, that's what I want long term. So, you know, I advised him, was like, you should do everything yourself. Do the billing, the collections, the bill payment, the bank recs, the financial reports, because then you'll learn your business. And just pay us, in that case, or pay someone to set up the system right so it's efficient and can scale with you as you grow. And then over time... It wasn't a good use of time to start doing some of the things. And more importantly, he wasn't good at the billing and his CMOs got paid on collections. And when the bills went out late or wrong, it would hold up people's mortgage payments. And so Art's a friend. So I talked to him regularly and said, you know, what you should do is you should outsource the stuff that that you stink at and that isn't adding value to your customer. In fact, in his case, it was distracting. So Craig, that's how I look at it. It's like, what are the things that you don't add value But you do it based on where you are in your life cycle. So after you get past that first stage of, you know, you're first generating some clients and some billing, then you hire a bookkeeper. And again, I would do it on a virtual basis, right? Not a person until you get to such a size that, you know, this becomes a critical part of your value proposition. But then you add, a la carte, the things that are causing you pain. So what Art did was he had us handle billing, but he was going to keep the collections on the CMOs. Then the bill payment became a pain in the butt. We recommend bill.com to automate the bill payment on your phones and integrate it with your accounting system, any accounting system. And it also reduces the risk of fraud, which is going to happen more and more with desperate times, create desperate people, because it's got scanned images attached to each transaction. And it lowered our bookkeeping costs to pay one bill went from $12.35 to $1.50. We lowered our costs by 87%. So I think your focus is on outsourcing the stuff that you possibly can so that you can focus your time on the things that you're really good at. What Art then did is after the bill payment, we took over collections because it was natural and the CMOs didn't want to deal with it. Nobody does. And finally, the manager reporting. That was his life cycle. And now he's got 65 CMOs. I think it's in seven states, 12 cities. But... The ultimate goal was to start with a platform for growth so that now he's got this stage. He can see profitability by CMO. He can see profitability of Austin, profitability of Texas, of central region, and the country. And what he told me was if I had hired a controller, I would have had to pay $125,000 a year before I really needed them, and they wouldn't have had the skill sets. So, you know, I think that's why we're such a big fan of outsourcing.
1: Well, Stephen, thank you so much for joining us on Business Owners Radio today.
2: My pleasure. Thanks for having me.
1: Oh, it's been a joy and real intense, deep thought here. We really appreciate it. Is there anything else you'd like to leave with our audience today?
2: Well, I think it's helpful. You know, know that growthforce.com is our website. And what we do is outsource bookkeeping, accounting, and controller service. That is a la carte. You can pick and choose what you want to keep in-house and what you want us to do. And we focus on, first, automating everything and then training your staff on how to read and interpret the reports and how to use this automated back office. We call it our smart back office. And you can work with us either on a project basis or with recurring services based on where you are in your life cycle. We have two tools that we talked about today that I'd love to be able to share with your listeners. We have a cash flow forecasting tool that lets you upload your aged accounts receivable from QuickBooks, any version of QuickBooks. And your aged accounts payable to kind of help streamline the process of doing a cash flow forecast. And we also talked about a break-even calculator to let you do scenarios that say, okay, if I'm a $10 million business and I lose 5% of my revenue, you know, how much do I need to cut in order to not lose money and do a best case, a mid case, and a worst case. We've also got KPI templates that let you create customized scorecards and a webinar of the five steps to weather the storm. That's on GrowthForce.com, there's a COVID-19 button at the top, and all those resources are available on that COVID-19 page. And people can reach me at Stephen, S-T-E-P-H-E-N, at GrowthForce.com, or on LinkedIn, Stephen King, CPA, or Twitter at s Force. And we have a podcast, Put Your Numbers to Work, if you're interested in learning more.
1: Our guest today has been Stephen King president and CEO of Growth Force. You can find out more about Stephen as well as find links to his offers on our website at businessownersradio.com.
0: Thank you for joining us on Business Owners Radio. We hope you enjoyed today's show. As always, you can read more about each episode along with links and offers in the show notes on our website, businessownersradio.com. We want to hear your feedback.